I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Poddleters. Happy New Year and welcome to Adulting. In this week's episode, I am speaking to... Me, myself, and I. This is the second time I'm doing a solo episode. Um, the guest I had planned for this weekend could no longer make it, so I thought that I would step in and basically interview myself um, using some questions that you sent over on Instagram, on my stories, and also some dilemmas of yours as well. So it's going to be like half ask me anything, half confessions dilemmas, a bit of me, and a bit of you. Ah, I can't believe 21 is 2021 has begun. But I'm still so tired from 2020, especially from New Year's Eve. Matt and I um, had a party in our flat. I was I really just want it to feel like a party. I often feel like New Year's Eve is actually really overrated. And it's meant to be kind of like the biggest night of the year. And you always end up like so drunk that you kind of miss the countdown or something happens. Or I don't know, it never seems as fun as like, say, a spontaneous night out. But this New Year's Eve might genuinely have been the best New Year's Eve of our life. We got really dressed up. We ordered sushi. We made espresso martinis. We danced loads. I think just some really good playlists on Spotify, lots of R&B, lots of like 90s. And it was just so much fun. And we went to bed at like 12.30, which is the other amazing thing. Because if you're at home, you don't have to go anywhere. But I honestly am still hungover. So I think that I'm going to pretend that the real New Year starts on Monday. Um, the day after this comes out because, you know, you can't really start a new year on a weekend. It's just not quite right. So the fourth for me is going to be the beginning of of the year because I have been doing a lot of sleeping this weekend. I'm so tired um, and I want to be kind of like back into a good routine, on it with my work. But oh, it's kind of hard to get into that good mindset, isn't it, when you know that you're still semi in lockdown. It kind of feels less of a fresh start. I'm trying to do positive thinking um, and get excited about 2021. So I've got off that ramble, bit of a ramble. I'm going to look at your questions. Now I haven't proofread any or like picked any that I'm going to answer. I'm just going to go through them and have a look. Um, And the first one is pretty deep. It is, is there anything you would change about your life? God, that's a big, a big opener. (sighs) I don't really know if there's anything I'd change about my life, um, but maybe I would change things about me, but then that's kind of like in my control. God, this is deep for a start. Like I wish, I, w- I want to get back into being in a really good routine. I feel like 2020 kind of pulled the rug out from under my feet when it came to routines because my diary kept getting changed around and things kept getting cancelled and work kept getting postponed. And so um, I think maybe taking a bit more control and trying to be a bit more steady irrespective of how much everything is maybe being a bit chaotic around me that's something I would change but I'm a little bit um what's the word not spiritual but I'm a bit nervous that if I change something 
even hypothetically in a question about my life that it would like irrevocably change something that I love you know like a butterfly effect so I don't ever think that I would say I would change anything about my life but I wish that I could grow to be a better person and then I think that would make my life better oh my god I'm so nervous about listening back to this it's really hard doing this on your own because it's so nice having someone else to respond to on a podcast and also you have less responsibility <laughs> nothing to carry so much the conversation I'm just worried about without having someone else there I'm just gonna chat loads of crap <sighs> probably likely okay second question what was your favorite moment of 2020 and your hardest moment of 2020 um so I think maybe my favorite moment of 2020 was when I got up on stage and did stand up for the second time in my life that was quite the end of the year though with Grace Campbell we did our comedy shows and it was just so exciting to do something that felt like a massive achievement in a year of kind of like I said cancellations I'm sure there were other amazing moments um Matt and I had some really fun moments right at the beginning of the first lockdown when it kind of it felt very novel and we just moved he moved into my flat with me so that was really fun and then we moved in together as well into like our own flats so that felt like a big moment I honestly I don't know about anyone else but when it comes to like remembering what happened last year in 2020 I actually really can't remember a lot of things that happened I feel like my memory is kind of like I can only remember what happened sort of like last week and also pre-pandemic so I can remember January February the beginning of March very well and then it all kind of smushes together um there were lots of amazing moments in 2020 but I also did have some quite difficult moments it was the worst my mental health has ever been um and I think that's just because there was lots of time for reflection and rumination and um I just really struggled I'm sure like so many other people did and there were other kind of like personal things that happened which were really difficult um so it's weird I guess what's interesting about it is there was definitely everything was kind of either very high or very low I guess that's what it felt like for me it was my most sort of volatile year in terms of good things and bad things happening I kind of prefer it when it's a bit more steady I guess 2020 just felt like everything was thrown into the extreme maybe just because we were in such a blank canvas or everything around us was so abnormal that the things that happened to us personally or professionally felt even greater or more difficult I don't know if that makes sense um Okay, next question. All-time favourite song, album, and why? I always say that Dancing in the Moonlight Top Loader is my favourite song. Um, I've just kind of always said that. It definitely is a song that I love, but I'd, I've kind of like over-listened to it when I kind of started getting Spotify. Because when I was younger, you know, do you remember when you would only kind of hear songs if you had to seek them out on a CD or if it happened to come on on the radio? And then it'd be so exciting when you hear it. I kind of have done that thing where I've over-listened to nostalgic music and it's kind of making it lose its magic a tiny bit. So I usually would have said Dance in the Moonlight by Top Loader. I think I still would say that. I also would say um, Believe by Cher. Is it called Believe? I'm just Googling it to double check. I'm fairly certain it's called Believe. Yeah. Um, that Matt and I always say that's our song because, well, actually, Matt probably like, no, that's what you say. Because like a few years ago on our friend's birthday, we were dancing in Bunga Bunga. I don't know if you know, it's like a bit of a shit club, but it's like really fun for dancing. And Believe by Cher came on and we were like singing it at the top of our voices. And I love dancing with Matt. And it, I, I can only convince him to dance with me if he's really drunk. I love dancing and I'm really bad. And we had so much fun. And we were like quite early on in our relationship so ever since then I've always said that Believe by Cher 
is um our song so probably those I know that's not an album I don't know I love loads of different music I do love all of Amy Winehouse probably Back to Black might be my favorite album um yeah what is my favorite book that I read this year and why another good question I only managed to read only it was good I was meant to be reading 52 books I think I read 37 I'm going to set myself the challenge of reading 52 again this year um and hopefully I'll do it. So the book that kind of comes to the front of my mind is the ones that I enjoyed the most were um, City of Girls by Elizabeth Gilbert. I think because it was all about partying and glamour and being in New York. And um, I think that at the time when I was reading it, when we were in lockdown, I think that it was just such escapism and it's like full of life and it's, Oh, I can't even explain it, but that's, I kind of think I'd read it again. It was such a joy to read. So it's basically about these showgirls living in Manhattan in the forties. And like, um, one is a seamstress and she makes dresses for the others. And it's like, it's really, I love the way that Elizabeth Gilbert writes anyway. I can remember a line from the book, actually, there's one bit where she goes, I was so, I was so young. I was so freshly hatched. I basically still had yolk in my hair or something like that. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I wish I could write like that such a gorgeous line so out of all the books I think I read this year one that brought me kind of the most joy and escapism I would say is either City of Girls or also um the most fun we ever had who was that by by Claire Lombardo that was also amazing um but slightly more um like in our time so the City of Girls is really kind of feels nostalgic for me for life that I didn't live and you kind of wish you were living through that time and the most fun we've ever had is more kind of realistic I guess in a way um and then all of the books I've read by the way on my Instagram if you don't follow my Instagram I have a highlight there I'm just trying to think of what other ones that really kind of hit home for me um I loved Girl Woman Other like everyone else by Bernadine Avristo um I'm going to stick with those three because you only asked me about one but I couldn't pick one um what has been a blessing in Kelowna Kelowna (laughs) god corona slash over lockdown um I think a blessing has been my friendships I think it's shown me how amazing all of my friends are and made me desperately more than anything want to see my friends and my family uh I speak to my mum and my sister I have two sisters but one of my one of my sisters is in Australia so we don't get to speak as much literally because of the time difference but one of my sisters and my mum we honestly FaceTime like three times a day actually we do it on WhatsApp we have a group and then you do like a group chat and it's really fun so we talk constantly and my friends like just realize how much I love them and I knew that anyway but I guess sometimes um I can get really kind of focused on my career I'm quite like not obsessed with my career but I'm very like I guess if I had to pick something that I'm always thinking about it's and I don't think I realized this before like I'm really really want to do very well in my career and sometimes that makes you not recognize that how amazing some of the things you already have around you are like your friendships and stuff and I guess taking like my work has slowed down tremendously this year I think it made me realize how amazing my friends are and how much I love them so that is something that would be a blessing um what is something that you're looking forward to in 2021? Good question. Um, I'm looking forward to really boring things, just like I really, I think someone's probably going to ask me about my resolutions, maybe I should answer this differently. I basically just want to um, 
be feel myself. I think last year I really felt out of sorts in lots of ways and I want to feel in control. So in 2021, I'm looking forward to being like, right, whatever happens this year now, whether or not it's going in and out of lockdowns, whether or not it's a repeat of last year, now it's kind of like the shock factor's worn off and we've just got to get on with it. And I want to be able to shape myself around whatever external factors are impacting me because I felt like I just handled it so badly last year. So I think I'm looking forward to just getting on with shit in a better way. <laughs> than I did last year um okay next question what do you think you would have done if insta etc hadn't worked out um I think I maybe would have ended up trying to get into journalism um I think that I definitely would have done personal training because I was coming a P- becoming a PT or became a PT as my Instagram was growing and I did that for a bit in London and I think I would have done that for a bit I think I always would have maybe realized it wasn't quite right for me I loved it but I think um it's not where my passions are what I find really interesting I guess about health and fitness and exercise is the psychology behind it and how you know like working out can make you feel really amazing I think that a lot of personal training is almost like counseling and I loved that side of things whereas actually I guess I think the physical nature of people just wanting to lose weight and that constantly being something that you're evaluating over time I think I would have found that quite stressful so I think I would have I think I would have had a a still had a bit of a lumpy career and that I would have tried lots of things out I don't know where I would have landed but I would imagine that it would be in something not too dissimilar from what I do now just perhaps with a smaller platform perhaps working for someone else rather than being freelance um I think that's, I think I'm in the right place. It's just how I would have got there. It probably would have been very different. Um, Thoughts on marriage. I get this question all the time. I used to be kind of quite like, I don't want to get married because I'm too feminist. Um, And now I am kind of less, I just think that there's different fights within feminism and that actually you can be married and have very strong feminist values and then not be aligned I guess I want to get married more now if we end up staying together because Matt really likes the idea of marriage and it's very like important to him so that's kind of made me soften on that and think actually it would be nice um I guess I'm actually just I don't feel right too strongly either way it's more about what you how you define marriage and how you like kind of carry it out and what the wedding is like like I wouldn't be very traditional and I wouldn't want to be given away don't know if I'd necessarily wear white um and I wouldn't get married in a church but I do think it's an amazing commitment to make to someone but I do think that it's um I hope that culturally it's kind of meaning has changed over time and that's why more and more people can subscribe to it so I guess I just yeah that's how I feel about it um would I like kids in the future yes I think so I've always thought I wanted children um but actually weirdly the the kind of older I'm getting the more it worries me because I'm like I've got so much stuff to do and I've also realized that watching so many people have got pregnant recently and watching people talk about like them wanting to conceive and stuff I'm like oh my god I'm so not there yet but I didn't necessarily realize that because if I saw a baby I'd be like oh my god it's so cute imagine having a baby then actually seeing I guess other people especially on Instagram announcing pregnancies at my age um it's made me realize that I'm just not at that place in my life which is fine but I do think I'd want them in the future but I don't know when I haven't got any set in stone plans thing is I always like the idea of like having when I'm older my children being grown up I always like the idea of having like teenagers I love the idea of having really difficult conversations and 
having them around the dinner party, having their friends around for dinner parties and stuff. Um, and I kind of ignore the idea of being absolutely exhausted with like toddlers because that just seems too difficult. <laughs> um, what do you do when you feel like you're lowest? How do you get through it? Well, normally I feel like it's so much easier because there's distractions and you can go and see your friends. And I sometimes feel like just getting out of the environment that you're in can really help. Um, and obviously that last year and probably this year, that's going to be really tricky because we're really stuck in the same place. I really have a thing about physical spaces and your mental psyche. I always feel like just being able to break out of something physically can help you kind of have a bit of a breakthrough mentally. So I think that that really made me quite stagnant last year when I was feeling low and I got quite stuck. Um, but I've started going to therapy and that has been very helpful and very interesting. But that also did trigger quite like a, um, a difficult week or so when I was kind of like processing things. And then I felt sort of like reborn, like a phoenix coming out of the ashes, which was amazing. Um, so going to therapy has been really transformative, but I am paying for it and that's very expensive. Um, I think that when I'm feeling my lowest, it's actually communicating with people around me that I'm feeling that way. And then, because a lot of the time, if I feel low, I then feel really guilty that I'm feeling low and that I might be ruining other people's mood or that I'm not being myself. And sometimes just expressing to someone else that I'm feeling low almost takes the burden of it. And I almost kind of feel better immediately kind of like a problem shared as a problem halved seems to work for me um and then just trying to get through it and knowing that it will go away even though that's hard to remember sometimes you know um next question is an interesting one how do you feel about offensive humor should we not allowed to say certain things I'm quite easily offended I've realized on behalf of other people <laughs> in comedy not in terms of like I'm going to do anything about it I just sometimes watch comedy and can't make myself laugh if I find that it's not that funny but I listened to Frankie Boyle on Louis Theroux um recently which I thought was quite an interesting thought experiment on offensive comedy and he was just basically saying how like some comedy is designed for certain senses of humor and then it's sort of like pushed into the mainstream media and used to like um with the intention of of creating offence for people who would never have sought out that kind of comedy. So I wonder if that's kind of part of the problem in that we just perhaps shouldn't be accessing some of this stuff. I do think there are certain things you can't say. I'm kind of at the school of thought that like, for instance, women can make jokes about sexism, but we should never sort of be making jokes about people that we have more privileged than. I always think that's kind of like a safe place to start. Or you can make jokes about something that's your own personal experience but not someone else's. So I do think that maybe there is a joke in everything, but it's who's making the joke and what is the intention with the joke. But I do, I, I don't know how I feel about it because I often kind of get into mini debates about that with some of my friends, especially guys, because there is some stuff that I'm just like, I don't think that's funny, but some people do. Um, where do you get your clothes style inspo from? Good question. I am obsessed with Emily Connolly. She is a model and I think she's really cool. Um, I love early Kate Moss. Matt's just come in and smiled at me. Who's your style icon, Matt? Who do you get style and clothes inspiration from? Matt says no and he's unique. I like to look at pictures of Sienna Miller in 
her boho chic era. Basically, this is why I'm thinking about that. I've got really obsessed with the Primrose Hill set and like looking up that era of um, celebs, that gang. Uh, and at the minute, I'm just feeling very nostalgic for that kind of vibe. Um, so I don't know. I guess lots of things. I really like vin- I really like people who have eccentric dress sense. I want to be a really smart, neat fashion blogger dresser, but I, my eye is naturally drawn to things which are quite bright and sparkly and bit out there. So I go. I do sometimes literally base a look off something in a film or someone that I love, and other times it'll just be putting on clothes that kind of catch my eye. And sometimes I look back through my Instagram and I'm like this I have no real sense of style all of my outfits are quite different but it's what I wanted to wear on that day even if in like a month's time I'm like what the fuck was I wearing I know that at the time I enjoyed it so I guess that's what I think is important with style is rather than following trend-led fashion it's like what are you going to put on that day that fits your mood and makes you feel good honestly half the outfits I wear I'm like that is the worst thing I've ever seen and it was like a week before I don't know I do get inspo but um it's also just I get drawn to things and want to put them on immediately. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, do I have any New Year's resolutions or goals for 2021? I do. Some of them are really boring because I was like, I don't want to plan too big. Because um, obviously, again, we don't know what's going to happen, but... I really, really want to get into running because the gyms are definitely going to be closed on and off again. And um, I I actually do enjoy running when I'm doing it. I keep stop starting. Like every time they open the gyms, I'd stop running. But this year, I want to consistently try to run. I actually do love it. And it, what stops me from running is when I think I'm going to do a shit run. So I want to make myself go for a run, whether that's 1K, 2K, 5K, 10K. No matter how fast it is, I want to try and do a run three times a week. Um just because it's such a solid thing to get better at. And I noticed that when I'm in a rhythm with running, my runs are always a tiny bit faster and it's so enjoyable to see that progress. And I love getting sweaty and it's good to get on fresh air. And I think it's really good for your mental health. So that's my number one thing. Um, my second thing is to try and start doing a bit of yoga again to complement the running and to kind of look after my body and have that bit of calm exercise and winding down. Matt and I did so much at the beginning of lockdown. Um, and then kind of nothing after that. The next thing is to to grow my hair. <laughs> I just want my hair to be really healthy. I just, I just, it's something I feel like doing. So I bought some Olaplex and I'm not going to dye it this year because my hair's, I go through quite funny phases with my hair and every few years I kind of do this thing where I want to grow it really long and then probably like in two years time I'll cut it short again. I always go in the cycle. So that's a boring aesthetic one, but again, it's something that you can kind of monitor and it's it's like looking after a Tamagotchi, but it's your hair, just trying to keep it healthy. Um, uh, oh yeah, the next thing I want to do, which is really exciting and I bloody should have started, but as I said, I'm going to start my Neo and I can't remember if I did say that actually, but I'm going to start Neo on Monday, is I'm going to write for 30 minutes every morning. Um, I have an idea for something that I want to be writing and there's a really... I've listened to lots of authors speaking about how you just have to write every day, just set aside a time block. So I want to do minimum of 30 minutes first thing when I wake up in the morning. 
on my laptop, doesn't matter if it's drivel, whatever it is, I'm going to do that. And then obviously if I keep writing over the 30 minutes, I will, but the main thing is just writing for 30 minutes. Um, I have my 52 books goal again. I didn't hit it this year, but I think it's a nice target to set. So I'm going to try and do that. Um, I would like to gig once a month, a comedy gig, if possible. Um, like not necessarily minor graces gigs, but like little comedy shows, like work in progress shows, things that people do at the beginning of their comedy career. Um, cause I really want to learn the trade of kind of like, is that the right saying for comedy? Do you know what I mean? I want to, I don't want to kind of think that just cause I have an Instagram platform, I can suddenly perform to have many people buy tickets. I really do want to earn my craft earn my graph I always get the saying wrong I don't know what it is anyway I'm sure you'll tell me um and then my last thing is to write an hour-long comedy show which I want to try and take to the fringe if it happens so those are all of my goals for 2021 um I normally uh I suppose that is kind of like my normal amount I always write I love writing goals at the beginning of the year I normally write them in the front page of my diary but I haven't got a diary this year so I normally go and get it in anthropology in the sale at the end of Christmas and shops aren't open so I need to get one um but I always write down big goals and manageable goals and try and tick them off um what is what's something you wish you could tell your 18 year old self now like first year of uni oh uni was a really actually when I look back on it really difficult time for me I, I was like kind of I'm learning all this like coming out of therapy, but I came from I came from like quite a complicated place in my life to going to uni, and I was a bit lost. But I think that I just tell myself to stop worrying so much about what other people thought and about things that I couldn't control. Um, but uni was really formative for me, and that the minute that I left uni, I was a completely different person. It was really weird. It was like I went on this whole journey, and I was quite naughty, and um, and suddenly it was like it was a bit like what I was saying about leaving an environment. I left Cardiff, I left uni, and I went to London, and sort of just grew up really quickly. Not in all senses. Like obviously, I'm completely not mature now, but it was it was amazing how that almost feels like a time capsule my uni experience of like a very specific version of myself who's completely different from who I am today and um some of it was really difficult I had some really difficult relationships and um I found lots of uni very hard but at the same time I just I don't know if if I'd done it differently again coming back to that butterfly effect thing if it would have helped so I think I would have just said to myself not to worry so much and that it'll be fine in the end and I also think that I was really anxious at uni but didn't have the language for it and it came out in lots of ways that were a bit unhelpful so maybe I would have told myself to try and seek counselling at uni or something because I was a bit lost but I wouldn't want to change anything because I feel like as I said it was very formative um is it totally gross to fancy a 20 year old if I'm 28 lol that's a good question I think so but I'm a bit of a weirdo about age gaps I just think it's a bit odd but maybe that's I've always gone out with someone who's very close to my age only because also if I look back to me being 20 I was so young that if I I can't imagine ever going out with 28 year olds but it's really person dependent I think I was like a child when I was 20 so yes but I mean there's lots of people who are really happy in massive age gap relationships so I don't know someone said what is my opinion on drugs um, I think they should be decriminalized. I think that we need better education about them. I think that we should 
recognize how damaging the drug trade is for so many people in countries outside of the UK, if that's where you're importing your drugs to, and how, you know, we only see kind of the tip of the iceberg, but drug-related crime and death, um, the impact is huge. But at the same, so that's like the kind of obviously really negative thing about drugs. I actually don't think that that's like the part of drugs that obviously I think is detrimental is the fact that so many people lose their lives and it's so dangerous to be a drug dealer. I actually think a lot of drug um, rhetoric is bullshit. Like, I don't know, like weed, for example, obviously I'm imagining that that will become legalized everywhere. But I think lots of drugs in of themselves aren't as harmful as media would like to portray them but it's the fact that they're illegal and so cut with loads of crap and therefore very dangerous I think that the whole media spin on drugs needs to be changed like this war on drugs is all bullshit and um yeah I th- I have lots of thoughts on drugs and I hope that if I do have children by the time I have children that there'll be a better kind of awareness around drugs and because they're so rife like everyone knows that there are millions of people doing drugs all the time and in lots of friendship groups it's like I have certain friendship groups who all do drugs I have some friendship groups who none of them do drugs and um I think it's a funny balancing act that the again the media do pretending that sort of like it's very fringe when actually we know that you know a lot of the raves and parties and things that go on in, in lots of places are designed around drug culture and always have been so I don't know I think it's very interesting Obviously, drugs can be very damaging to certain individuals. Obviously, they can have um, huge impacts on your mental health if you are using and abusing them like any other addiction to any mind-altering substance, but that includes alcohol and, you know, prescription drugs and things. So I think it's a very complex, nuanced conversation. Um, I just can't believe how we were taught about drugs in school and then you're let out into the world with those really kind of made-up beliefs around drugs I don't know if that makes sense to anyone else but that's my unqualified opinion oh god I've been talking for ages and I try and do um not too many more about me that's so funny it's not funny but someone said if you knew you're going to die at the end of next year how would you spend 2021 Matt I actually asked Matt this the other day oddly I said if you had a year to live how would you what would you do and he said travel um and spend loads of time with your family and friends and stuff and I have to agree I think we just had loads of fun but I always find those thought experiments experiments quite depressing because it makes you realize how much work although not my work I have to say I love like pretty much every aspect of my job but I think for other people when you realize that if you had a year left that you wouldn't do any work at all it makes you sad to think how much of our lives we spend doing work when actually I know it's a necessity what I mean by that I guess is is the form that work takes and the hours that it takes up in our lives is disproportionate to how much joy it brings us in truth maybe that's a bit too philosophical I'm honestly I'm having like a four-day hangover right now and I feel like it makes me really deep oh yeah so if I knew I was going to die how to spend 2021 let me just go back to that um honestly I think I just see all of my friends have loads of fun parties go traveling be quite reckless I probably would be quite reckless actually if I knew I was going to die um yeah go wild what is my current favorite snack well at the minute it's the chocolate biscuits we've got them coming out of our bum holes that's a gross thing to say we don't I don't know why I said that um okay enough of me chatting and what I think is quite a somber tone I don't know 
maybe this was on your sleep, which which is helpful if it does that as well. So let's let's listen to you what you have to say in the confessions dilemmas section of my Instagram stories. Someone said they ghosted a guy from Tinder, then he made up that I had gave him herpes to get me back. That is just opened up lots lots of questions for me. Did you get back with him because you felt bad because he made you think you'd given him herpes? Do you not actually have herpes? Very interesting tactic. I haven't heard that one before. Someone said, I'm dating this guy. When I first met him, he slept with another girl. I'm fine with that, but he always likes her Instagram photos, all bikini shots, selfies. I I personally would... um, Actually, I don't know. If the pictures were quite provocative then I might be a bit like, "Mm." if they are friends, then I don't know, there's so much context needed here. If they had a one night stand and then he's liking loads of really, really sexy pictures of her, I think that might be a bit past the line because I personally wouldn't like a guy's sexy photos that I'd slept with. But if it was my really good friend or someone that I'd slept with and they put up nice pictures of themselves, then I would like them. Do you know what I mean? I think it's context. Um, but I also think in a relationship, you kind of have to be able to go, this makes me feel really uncomfortable. Do you understand why? And then if he's like, oh my God, I didn't realize. So sorry, I'm just like them, then that's fine. I think always chatting about things and saying when things make you feel a certain way. Because also I think part of the problem with like jealousy and, and like feeling funny in these situations is that it can feel quite shameful. And once you talk about it, the shame kind of goes away. So I think that that's a good thing to think about. Um, How to keep reignite the spark in a long-term relationship. Um, I think that you have to be actively trying to be respectful towards each other. I I think that you can't just go through the motions of being together. You have to kind of really make sure that you are being really present in each other's company. I think what happens, especially like when you live together, what we found is that like you can very easily kind of slip into just being around each other without actually being with each other. And I think in order to be happy and fulfilled, you have to put in real effort into your relationship. You know, um, I feel guilty about moving out and leaving my parents with an empty nest. What do I do? you can't you can't feel guilty about that you've got to spread your wings and fly um empty nest syndrome is definitely a thing but I'm sure that they will be able to deal with it and also probably nice for them in the long run you know getting a bit of their life back in a certain way advice on furnishing decorating a small flat um I would say to use Pinterest and go on Instagram and find people's houses that you like and then save items and try and find them on eBay or Facebook Marketplace uh, and do it slowly over time. I think if you haven't got a big budget, then it's often going to take a lot more time. Obviously, if you've got loads of money, you can just kind of splash out and buy exactly what you want. But I found that there's certain things that I like that I know I can't afford. So I wait to find like an alternative or do it more slowly over time. Um, And there's really clever ways that you can bring a room to life if you're renting. I think like with plants and prints, I love mirrors. I think mirrors really add spaces um, and you can get really cool stuff in secondhand shops that just kind of add a bit of you to your place. 
um, constantly thinking about my ex, even though you ended it four years ago. Lol. I think that um, I know I have friends like this that you just kind of, you can't ever really get them off your mind. I think that maybe it's because you're holding on to an idea of what you thought they would be. Um, and maybe it's really important that you try and let that go and realize that time has moved on. Although sometimes our subconscious is really weird and just makes you think of stuff really randomly. I don't really understand. Oh, this is a sad one. I don't know if I'm falling out of love with my boyfriend or if lockdown is killing our vibe. I think that lockdown has been really difficult for couples. Um, because of kind of what I just said before, where you're sort of like around each other so much that you lose that sense of excitement when you see each other. Um, and I think that it can take so much of a toll because you you do need space. I personally really need space. I find it very difficult if I don't have some, some sort of space in a week to myself just um, with my own thoughts and do my own thing. And um, maybe if you guys could find a way to not take a break at all, but just have space from each other and then organize something really exciting, like a date night, even if you just try and like ignore each other a bit, if you live together and then come back together and try to like save up all the things that you've done that week and tell them to each other rather than, you know, like just chatting to each other throughout the day and making it feel like more of an event. I think that definitely I wouldn't jump on something so quickly. It could also be that lockdown has shown you that maybe you are falling out of love with your boyfriend. But I think that sometimes these things, you just got to take them slowly. And lockdown has given me a head fuck on so many different things this year. Otherwise, I can't see the wood from the trees and don't really know what I'm thinking or feeling about stuff. So I definitely think it's such a tricky situation. Um, but good luck. Um... my boyfriend of three years gave me the family heirloom diamond earrings necklace can I reset it uh I think you definitely have to ask the family I'm not sure I think if you I don't, it depends how long ago he gave it to you I think if you'd had it for like 20 years you could be like oh my god I'm gonna reset it because I'm definitely gonna give it to my kids but I guess after like three years what if you broke up would they not want it back I don't know I I would feel bad doing that I think but it depends on what the family said you know Someone else said, in a loving relationship, all perfect, but still feel drawn to flirt, half-date other men. Maybe you're polyamorous. Maybe that's something that you need to um, investigate. Junior doctor job in UK for two years, but boyfriend can't come. I don't know if I should go really love him and scared two years is long, too long. Oh my God, that's really difficult. I think you also asked me this on my one, like, would I do this? Would I leave the country for two years for my dream job if Matt couldn't come maybe it's so difficult to say it depends if this dream job so say for instance I got offered um I'm trying to think of an example what would my dream job be if I got offered like an incredible show like a comedy show in New York for two years and Matt had to stay here would I take it I think I would take it and I just hope that we could see each other now. But it would depend on if we could fly, afford to fly to see each other often enough. It would depend how long distance the flights are. I don't know where you live. Um, like I sometimes think you've got to take those opportunities when they're going to come. 
And if your relationship's going to work, it's going to work. Mm, difficult one. I think I would go. I'm feeling very conscious that it has just been my voice and my voice alone for like 40 minutes. So I think I'm going to try and round this off. Um, I guess with just a little roundup to say, again, Happy New Year. And I hope that 2021 we can all realize some stuff like Kylie Jenner did in 2016. Um, whenever I do questions or confessions or anything, it's always kind of the same things, which is basically just that we're all very much still figuring out life and figuring out what we want to be doing, figuring out who we are, who we love, what we want to do. And I don't really know if those questions ever stop coming or if they just change shape as we get older and um, evolve and change as we grow. God, I'm being so philosophical. Actually, that's such a big claim to make. I'm just being really deep and loserish because I'm in a bit of a funny frame of mind right now. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that you haven't got absolutely bored out of your mind listening to this. Um, I hope that you're excited to listen to some incredible guests this year. I'm excited to keep on creating the podcast. Um, and as always, I would absolutely adore it if you've made it this far into this episode, if you could rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It helps me to keep creating, to keep getting guests and to just keep talking into your ear holes about stuff. But again, we will be back with guests next week. Um, and yeah, I hope this hasn't been too boring. Okay, love you, bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.